the mama, not 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 the mama. You do that one more time and I'm gonna throw you across the room. Hello, welcome to Not the Mom with Auntie Julia. I am your host, Auntie Julia, and today our special guest is burlesque performer, dancer, and artist, Jin Minsky. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to have you on. Um, Jin, Jen, and I are also co-workers at MIU, um, so we are recording during our work, <laughs> which is a bonus, <laughs> perk of the job, perk of the job. Um, but no, I'm excited that she's here today because she dun, 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 does not want to have children at all. So we will be talking about that explicitly, um, but we'll also obviously chat about you know her choice not to have kids and her experiences and all of that as well. Um, is there anything you want to say off the top? That is all correct. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Very factual. Um, I know in our pre-pod chat, I was telling her that we always appreciate someone who's willing to come on the pod and just be open about not wanting kids on any level. Because it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Even when you do know that you don't want them, you know, I get it. Especially publicly, you don't know who's listening. You don't know how things get interpreted in people's brains sometimes. I was telling her about my comments that I get sometimes being very confused as to what has infuriated someone. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for being here. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your dating history and also your job, not the NYU one, but your real one. Um, she is one of, I mean, very successful burlesque performer. You perform all over the world. Mm-hmm. And your ice cream dance is pretty amazing. Thanks. <laughs> um, she'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But um, so I guess we'll start it off by talking a little bit about what you and I talked about months ago, back when I just was starting out with the podcast. Um, you had mentioned to me kind of in passing or just within the topic of conversation that you had broken up with a boyfriend because, or you and he had decided that you had to break up because he decided that he did want kids and you decided that you did not, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, so why don't you kind of talk about that relationship a little bit? I know this is something that everyone's going to be really interested in because I think it's like... I think it's kind of like this looming fear, especially if, if you want a life partner and you haven't found one and you do decide that you don't want to have kids, that it's going to be harder to find someone. And I would say that you're sort of a great example of not living in that fear and that life is fine. <laughs> um, because it is, you know, and sometimes it's better to figure out that you and a person who you might even really love and admire are just not compatible because of that reason, then it would be to have kids if you don't want them. Mm -hmm. So why don't you give us a little bit of insight into that relationship and how long it was and how it started. So we started dating um, when we were both quite young. I think he was like 25 and I was... 21 22 and we we were together for about seven eight years and we were on and off a couple of times um 
for various reasons, he had a drinking problem. We first mm. started dating, and then he got sober, and we got back together. Um, but we reached this sort of plateau in our relationship, and everything was great and fine. Um, but there was like the looming cloud of he he really really wanted children and talked about it a lot and how okay. much he wanted children, and I didn't want children. And I was still I wasn't even thirty yet. I was probably like twenty eight ish around okay. there. Um, and so it, we talked about it for a full year about whether or not we should continue our relationship. Um, and there, there were like a few other like fundamental things. He was, he was a painter. Um, and he met me when I was in art school when I did photography and performance art. I mean, I still do photography, but he considers, um, entertainment like burlesque and like sideshow and things like that. Um, like basically a waste of time and he wanted me okay. to get back to making big a art which was oh. his term okay. big a art because he but was he's a painter he's a painter okay like is, showing is that his job yeah he's a painter full-time showing in mediocre galleries in mm-hmm. chelsea yeah but um so that was also a thing so it wasn't just the the he issue of having children other yeah so there were there are several things but we still we loved and respected yeah. each other and yeah we took a solid year discussing like logically like will this work and um he also wanted me to think about like are you sure you really don't want children like mm-hmm. you might change you're still young so I thought about it for a while and I was like no I really don't want children this is no interest to me yeah so why don't we go back a little bit to that uh-huh. too because um also in the pre-pod chat, I was talking about I got a request from a listener to kind of do an episode about the steps of realization that you don't want children. And I think what she meant by that was like how we come to this choice and how we figure it out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's a broad enough topic and interesting enough to kind of thread throughout all of our episodes going forward. So I think this is a great opportunity to ask you when did you kind of first start feeling the inkling that you didn't want to have kids? I think I, I it wasn't so much like an inkling of not wanting kids. It just was wanting children was just never on my radar. Yeah. It just was never anything that came up. And especially like being an artist and performance artist and then getting into nightlife, I'm perpetually a child. Yeah. Like I, I still don't really feel like I'm an adult. Yeah. And so... Yeah, like like growing up, especially in New York City, having a child just seemed something that was just so improbable to yeah. me. And as I started to find myself and get older, I then realized like, oh, I love my lifestyle and what I do and I can travel freely and I yeah. don't have to deal with anything other than my pets at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's when I started deciding, like, no, this is what I want to do. I don't want to have a child. And my sister has two children, which helped Yes. As well. <laughs> she has a um a seven year old and a four year old right now. Okay. So when she first started having her kids and I you know, I would go yeah. and visit and be Auntie Jen and it's fun and I like it, but I like to give them back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. And she works full time. She's a physical therapist. And she also she has a husband who also works um but just seeing, like, her life revolves around her children. And yeah. as, a, like, a parent, as a good parent, that's the way your life should be. It should be, yeah. like, your child now comes first, you come second. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I still come first. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. I think, like, as far as, like, the steps of realization are concerned or whatever that may be, I think for a lot of us it is just kind of, like, not even considering being a mom. You know, not Mm -hmm. for everyone. And I think as more and more people choose and are open about it and talk about not wanting kids and choosing not to have them, it will definitely broaden the space for people to actually consider it who may have otherwise thought they would always be a mom. But... I think for me too, it was just kind of like, no. (laughs) And for a lot of the same reasons, like I don't even have like the same type of lifestyle exactly, but I just like doing what I want when I want, you know, and you know, having pets, like even that is almost too much of a burden on me having to figure out who's going to watch them and when and you know, even thinking about feeding them and taking them to the vet. And it, you know, and I I think like if I'm struggling even with that, then I think I know firmly having a kid just wouldn't be fulfilling for me. But, you know, like your sister, my sister, other moms we know who do, you know, just a full deep dive into parenthood, that stuff like fills them, you know? Yeah. But for other women like us, maybe not. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I, I think it is about our our likes. I, you know, I think sometimes I think people think like parenting and kids is too broad and huge of a topic to distill down to if we want them or if we don't want them. But shouldn't that be the way that it is? I mean, because it does change your whole life. You know, it is a, it is a thing that should be wanted. Yeah. Not this burdensome responsibility, you know? Yeah. And especially in modern times like uh, why nobody has given me a good enough reason to make me actually spend even longer than 10 seconds considering if I should have children at all compared to all the reasons why I don't want them you know like yeah. uh, just telling me it's my duty or my responsibility or anything like that it's like okay. yeah they're all the people that like to confront you like especially women that like to confront you about it be like what do you mean you don't want children you don't know you haven't just haven't decided yet yeah. or like well it's so fulfilling you have something loving you and needing you and it's yeah. like well I have sugar gliders for that and they're well, a pain in the ass <laughs> also you know you're a performer you have your craft that you have to spend a lot of time working on and also I would assume that you get your energy and fulfillment from the actual performance Yeah, they're like being on stage and being within an audience space and participating in that kind of community is actually very, you know, fulfilling and exciting and need based and, you know, they need you to perform. Otherwise, the audience would not even exist. You know, and it's entertainment and it does have a value and it does have a space, you know. Even if it's not big A art yeah. or whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, there are just so many other ways to get love and fulfillment and need, you know, if that's what, if we're also, if we're hardwired to really crave these things and really need them for fulfillment, there are lots of different ways that people can find that, you know, and it's not always just the motherhood path. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you and this guy, okay, so he was sort of, so, I mean, I think that's interesting that even though you were in this relationship, it wasn't because of him that you decided not to have children. Yeah. It was just something innate inside of you that he sort of needled out in a specific way because, you know, and I think that's fair on his part. Like, if he knew that he wanted them, then 
sure, yeah, he should make sure that you really, really don't. <laughs> yeah, and he decided that um, if, since I, I decided, like, I'm positive I don't want children, he decided that if we continued in the relationship and didn't have children, he would resent me for it. Um, and he was probably, like, third, early 30s at the time, so it was also, like, you know, time's ticking. Yeah. you got to, like, if he really wants to have children, then he's got to find that new partner. And um, the irony of this this boyfriend is he is now with a trans man. Oh, okay. So he's, they're never having children. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so swing. I know. don't know. We don't talk anymore, but we had a falling out for other reasons yeah. after the relationship. But. Well, so that's really interesting. I mean, I, I thought you were going to just say that he was with like another burlesque performer or something, um, because that wouldn't be shocking to me at all. Like, I think sometimes men are just so certain about what it is that they know that they want, you know? And I think that they're allowed that space to just feel that way and state their opinions as fact, even though I think men often flip-flop and change their minds a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You know, especially about having kids or not having kids, you know? I mean, some of them have them and then walk out. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody talks about that. I mean, we do, quote-unquote, but, like... Not in a real way, you yeah. know? I mean, that's, like, an actual valid choice that men have the ability to make that women actually very rarely do, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's fascinating. So how long has he been with his partner? Um, or you don't know, because... Do you know the partner? Yeah, so he used to be my ex's studio assistant. Oh. And that's how... So I... Fascinating. When she was a she back in the day... Um, that I met her and spent time with her in the studio. Um, but yeah, I had, it's funny, this is a tangent. I had a dream one day that he died, and it was the first time I thought about him in a mm. while. So I was like, oh shit, I hope everything's okay, because I don't hate him. You yeah, know? of course not. So I looked him up on social media, and everything was deleted. All his accounts were deleted. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's strange. And I knew he was with Emily at the time. And. Then I checked back like a month later to see if, because he also was the type of person that would post his entire life story on social yeah. media. So I was like, oh, weird, all his stuff's down. And then I saw him get back on Instagram um, and then posting photos with his now boyfriend. And, yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, I see what happened. They probably yeah. like shut everything down while they figured stuff out yeah. or while he transitioned or whatever. But. Oh, man, I love social media. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is. Sometimes you just, like, get that. You know, I have actually, like, one ex-boyfriend who I'm still friendly with, and that is only because I'm friendly with his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because. There, I, 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 Nate's great, and I don't have anything against him. But, you know, I just wouldn't have kept up the relationship in any capacity otherwise, probably. But with other exes, sometimes you just get an itch that you're curious to know what's happening, you know, yeah. and you just want to take a look. Um, it was fascinating, too, because he also was super conservative. Not not in, like, the political sense, but he got really uncomfortable when I dressed up, like, mm, what I'm wearing currently. Really? Yeah, because I met him in when I was in art school, and I was, like, a dirty punk rock kid yeah. wearing hoodies and paint-covered jeans and... Um, 
Why don't you describe your outfit right now for listeners? I am see pictures online, but I am wearing um, a black and white striped skirt, like high waisted skirt, some black tights, um, these black and white houndstooth ankle boots, um, a black cardigan with a glittery spider brooch on it, and I have a little black bow in my hair. Yes, you always look incredible. Thanks. I am wearing basically a bag. <laughs> <laughs> And it's pretty close to pajamas. <laughs> I try sometimes. I really do. I, I just it's, sometimes just getting here is the achievement for me. But you, I love your look is so awesome, and you really like it is part of your art too. Obviously, Thanks. so that's so. When did you make the switch from your like when you met him and your appearance and that style to? So maybe like. A couple of years into the relationship is when I started, I started, so when I started performing in nightlife, I started performing with one of my performance art partners and our performance art was very character based and we always went all in Mm -hmm. when we did it. We would show up to our shows like in character, like we would do the whole thing. So we started dancing together as the Minsky sisters and we were booked for these 1920s parties. So that's when we started getting into it. And we're like, okay, well, we need to get some clothes so we can show up to the gig in yeah. character. Um, and then it just slowly became just a part of what I wore. I always liked pinup style, like yeah. 1940s, 1950s. Um, anyways, so yeah, I just slowly started accumulating. And yeah, he, he told me a couple times it made, me, it made him uncomfortable to be with me when I was dressed up and he didn't like it because on the subway people would look at us on the subway and he just wanted to be anonymous and blend in with everyone it's like being with me made him really uncomfortable boy another example of a man feeling free to wield his opinions yeah (laughs) yeah but I I mean I've always been very strong-willed yeah um so I was just like well fuck you you have to deal with it or not like this is how I'm dressing Um, And I've had bright hair for, I have bright red hair, and I've had red hair forever, too. Like, we dated the whole time, I had bright red hair. But he would always also say, like, oh, I wish you would just let your hair go back to your natural color, which is brown. I was like, why? Why? Why'd you start dating me then, and this is what I looked like? And even though I was dressing like a grungy punk kid, I still did wild makeup. Mm -hmm. So I'd always have, like big like bright eyeshadows and big eyeliner yeah so I still was like a little weird well clear I mean I think like with men it's always um the men who have strong opinions on their female partner's appearances yeah it's always in relation to their own insecurities but it they've never been required to live out those insecurities so they just put them upon us yeah. Like, one of my former friends who married an absolute boob of a man, um, the last time I saw them, uh, she was talking about how she had said that she might get Botox, and he started crying. Like, it was supposed to be, like, this cute story. And I was like, why would you cry about that? Because, like, oh, in my God. opinion, at this point, Botox is, like anything you know yeah. I mean it's temporary people you know it's, it's just if it makes you comfortable it makes you comfortable do it whatever uh, that's my opinion on the way anyone wants to look you know yeah if there's something disordered about it then and it's unhealthy then obviously that's something to talk about 
with these basic things and if it's a choice that you just want to make or try or do like just express yourself the way you want but so they were like telling the story like oh because he you know just would never want her to alter her appearance like blah 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 well then the con because we were just talking about aging and all that whatever and she's got a lot of gray hair Mm -hmm. and so she just kind of started talking about that how her hair is pretty much going gray and so I said oh, are you, do you think you're going to dye it? And she's like, no, I think I'm just going to let it be because I don't, it doesn't really bother me. And I kind of like the idea of having like gray streaks. And it's like, cool. And he goes, oh no, she'll be dying it. <laughs> oh no. I was like, what? Like, because to me, to dye your hair all the time, I mean, you know, it's part of your style. Like, yeah. that's upkeep. And that's it's a, a lot, you know, yeah. it's, it's a look it's what you have to do and so she has to look natural according to his standards so she can't look natural with botox but she has to look natural with non-nat or unnatural hair you know it was just it was just wild but he's like a very weird um into 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 his hair so I could tell it was like an extension of his thing you know Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like damn I mean, I hope she's not, she does not resist him because she did marry him, so. Oh, <laughs> But anyway, yeah. yeah, men, I mean, thank God you made it out of that. So when you did finally break up, it was truly because you both had to go separate ways about the kid thing. Yeah. Yeah, that think? was sort of, the, that was like the big, I guess, nail in the coffin. Yeah. So, well, I mean, him and his partner now could probably have children. Yeah, but from, so... We still have mutual friends, and um, he spends a lot of time out in Paris. Mm-hmm. And one of my actually oldest friends from New York, she now lives in Paris. And so, yeah, she was like giving me the lowdown, and that's, yeah, that's not the path that yeah. they're headed on. Right. Because um, he would have to either change his lifestyle entirely, or his partner would have to watch the kids, you know? Yeah. And if his partner is probably a creative artist who's supporting his lifestyle anyway in a different way, there's probably no time for children. Yeah. But also, yeah, I heard that um, his partner, yeah, does not. Doesn't want. Doesn't to want. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Um, well, good luck to them. Which cracks me <laughs> up. Um, and yeah, he was also, uh, yeah, um, I don't want to say he... He was always had a difficult time grasping with like homosexuality and same sex couples. So that's I also oh, think it's really fascinating too yeah. that this is happening, and also like him wanting to fall into anonymity as as a same sex couple. Yeah. Like in New York, it's easier, but when you travel, like I just went to Thailand with a bunch of friends and two gay couples, and um, they were getting looks like just holding hands walking yeah. down the street. Like, it's when you're like, oh, yeah, we forget that yeah. we live in our little bubble over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, well, it sounds like with him, you know, telling you, you know, you got to figure this out about wanting kids or not wanting kids probably was more also, again, his own insecurities about just not knowing what he wanted. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And it sounds like he's a little bit older than you. So, you know, people figure themselves out at all different phases and stages of life. Like, age isn't necessarily... Because that's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. Because when you're a younger woman and you state you don't want to have kids or you're considering you, you don't want to have kids, people are always like, you'll change your mind. Yeah. Well, you know, and um, 
so that's why to me it's always important to say ages so that mm-hmm. people you know we can just kind of put into line where people fall on the age spectrum about having kids and you're 34 like myself mm-hmm. so I think yeah if we wanted it to happen we would already be figuring out a way to make it happen and we don't yeah. so it's fine so um how has dating been for you since that experience um it's been okay um the next like real relationship I had after that that was like one of the first things we both were like I don't want children yeah. he's like great I don't want children either so I was like immediately like okay great this yeah. is perfect all right um and yeah I, I mean I'm single now I am seeing someone currently um it, but it's been funny dating and sometimes you hear a guy say stuff like oh well, when I have children and I, I instantly recoil yeah. and like oh no this is not gonna this is not gonna happen yeah I know I think about that a lot too like because Lane and I like we were I don't I think I already pretty much knew I didn't want to have kids because I was mm-hmm. 27 but he was only 24 when we started dating and I forget exactly when we made the like declaration together but it was just such a relief because it just didn't even need to be a thing anymore like we were just like no kids you know and it just kind of I think was something we came to on our own but while we're in a couple so it just happened to work out yeah but it could have easily been the other way you know and then to go you know I think it is kind of an overwhelming thing when you might like somebody but it's a big deal you know and if you already know you're not going to change your mind and you don't want to put the energy into changing their mind even if someone seems like a great person that you could have a lot of fun with it just can't really happen on any level you know yeah but um yeah so that yeah I would think like if you meet people now you would have to lead off with that (laughs) yeah although the guy I'm seeing now he's probably gonna listen to this hi um (laughs) we haven't really said anything he's he made like one comment once like if I ever have children I have to blah blah and I was like oh yeah but yeah if was fine yeah (laughs) oh my gosh um so, okay, so I think uh, we also wanted to talk about your work, too, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think what you you do requires a lot of time physically, also traveling, and just being out late, um, and it's obviously, like, a robust creative community. Are there many people who choose to have kids that you work with in burlesque world and performing? So there are... There are people who I perform with that decide to start families, have children. Um, very, very rarely do they continue to perform. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll start perform like the, uh, they try to perform. They keep performing, but then they slowly start to fizzle out because mm-hmm. um, a child is just a demanding thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's I very rarely have seen performers actually have a child and keep performing yeah um there's one performer um her name's angie pontani who is a super badass and has a child has a daughter um and her husband is also a musician um and they both still perform and she she's like a huge burlesque star and Uh um so i think that helps so when she travels and gets books she's i i saw recently she brought her daughter with her and she's like three now i believe so yeah she's like old enough yeah but I've seen that as well. There's another performer in Japan um, who... There's a big annual burlesque 
competition in Las Vegas called the Burlesque Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And she's traveled from Japan to or to compete, and she she's brought her child oh, with cool. her too. Um, so it happens, and some people are able to do that, but it's yeah, it's, it's very really rare. Hard. I would also think too, there's sort of like I think well, and you can say whether or not I'm correct in this, but I think there's a misconception about burlesque where it's kind of equated to something more sexualized than maybe it even really is yeah in my opinion it seemed it's more like a combination of dance um and comedy and sometimes drama and acting than it is stripping which i think people who don't understand what it is don't really understand that part of it so i would also assume that having kids as a performer could come with some judgment Absolutely. I've seen that, especially now that like everyone's on Facebook, we're all linked online. So mm-hmm. I've seen performers in other, especially like more conservative parts of this country, um, who have gotten shamed for right. having their child at a burlesque show. Or there was a performer, I can't remember where she was from, I want to, it was somewhere down south. Um, she was, I think, a preschool or kindergarten teacher, and she got fired because they found out she was a burlesque performer. As if that made her, like, some sort of pervert or something. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. People just... You think, like, those types of things don't really happen anymore as far as, like, that's concerned, but of course they do all the time, and people just have their preconceived judgments on what motherhood is. Because I think it's, like... I think it's... It's just judgment across the board. Obviously, it's judgment on two burlesque and stripping, mm-hmm. which there's not really much wrong with that either if that's what a woman wants to do. Yeah. Or a man. Um, you know, and that type of performance a kid probably wouldn't be around <laughs> for, but there are moms who are strippers and, you know, maybe... Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, just let people live. Like, let them raise their children. I think these ideas of, you know, what makes a good mom or what is the right career path or the career choice, you know. I mean, there are probably, to be quite honest, there are probably teachers who are strippers too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> and especially in places like, you know, where is it that they went to four days of school a week? It was Oklahoma or something like that so uh, that their teachers could work at Walmart for a second job so that they could afford heck. rent. So kids are only in school four days a week, Oh, you know? my God. I mean, I don't, you know, people have to get by. Like, and if we're not going to pay teachers, who knows what women are doing to get by. Yeah. And that's a reality of the world that we're establishing for all of ourselves. Um, But I think it is interesting that it would, of course, if you're a performer in that way. I mean, it does happen to comedians a lot, too. Especially because there are some comedians who um, are men who have kids. And they usually have female partners at home that take care of the kids um, mm-hmm. or are the primary money makers in the family. And that's how they support each other. And men, men get very little questions as far as, well, how do you make it work? Like, how do you balance your time at home and then yeah. performing? But if it's flipped, it is fucking not cool. Like, the way that they treat women who are moms and comedians. And... There are a lot of very successful, you know, women comedians who I know who don't talk about their kids at all because Mm -hmm. 
people get judgy about it. So it's also like, it doesn't matter what you're performing or what you're doing, anything that's a little outside of the bounds of common decency as far as what mothers are permitted to do, which seems to be only mother. (laughs) We're harsh on women who just have nine to five jobs too, you know? Yeah. It just seems like an added layer, you know, especially living in New York too, like an added layer of barrier to motherhood. So I could definitely imagine somebody who's a burlesque dancer who wants to have it all, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I can manage it, and then quickly realizing once the kid comes that they cannot. Yeah. I guess that's my long spiel. But it is funny because I do think, well, at least in Chicago, burlesque and stand-up was much more connected. So there were lots more um, hybrid shows. So we did go to a lot of burlesque um, in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um because my boyfriend would perform on shows with bur- there would be like a comedian and then burlesque and then a comedian yeah there used to be a show here back in the day at bowery poetry club okay, that was yeah. like that yeah i mean i haven't been to chicago in a while so maybe it's not exactly like that anymore but there were some really fun shows and huge shows too at like theaters and stuff where yeah tons of people would come out and then that's where more like the burlesque performances did tend to be more on the comical side than mm-hmm. You know, because I've seen, I saw this one burlesque that was Black Swan sort of um, influence. This was back in like 2010, so it was like when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't dressed like Black Swan. She was in like a tutu or whatever, but it was like lime green. And it was so dramatic and amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> um, so I have seen some dramatic burlesque performances, um, but mostly comedy ones, which it's fun. Yeah. You know, and then you see it's not, it's more about the art of the performance than it is about the sexualization of anything, you know, obviously that's it, that's there too, but it's not the same as what I think people think that it is, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that's amazing about burlesque because there's so many different sub genres within burlesque. There's, yeah, there's like the classic high glamour or like there's sexy fetish Mm -hmm. style or there's. Um, like nerdlesque where they do like cosplay type stuff and yeah like comedy and and you do more yours more because you're also a tap dancer right yes uh yours is more jazz based am I right yeah so yeah mine uh my whole shtick is I'm like 1920s 1930s Mm -hmm. I tap dance in all my acts um yeah high glamour um so like fancy costumes except my ice cream act I mean, that's pretty. (laughs) I mean, it's cool. Everyone, look it up. We'll put a photo of it on our Instagram, but it's awesome. I haven't even seen it yet, but just from pictures and everything, the costume is incredible. Like, it's super cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm booked to perform it in Helsinki next week. Oh, So I got to have to schlep that thing overseas. See, (laughs) I mean, look at how much fun. Like, I just, you know, yes, I get it. People can have fun when they have kids, too, but... You probably wouldn't be going to Helsinki to dress to dance as an ice cream cone if you had. I know. <laughs> I think you made the right choice for yourself. You know, like I don't know, and people need that too. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I think because um, when I first started to hang out with comedians, some of my friends from outside of the performing world called it like a subculture mm-hmm. and I'm sure people call burlesque subculture too, you know, and obviously sure in a certain way it's a it's a community based thing but in my opinion aren't performers the ones that actually form the culture as yeah. a whole and now that i've been around performers for as long as i have 
my friends are writing TV and movies and performing on camera and performing on social media and are shaping the things that you think are funny or that you're watching or that you're being challenged by as far as, um, you know, political ideas and things like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, just because somebody's just starting out at something, I don't know if that constitutes a subculture so much as what is becoming the culture. Yeah. You know? And that's an important role, and women should be allowed to have a, pl- a place in that. Yeah. And I think for so long we've been kept out of that world because we were expected to become mothers, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that we're trying to grab more of those opportunities, of course we're not going to have kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, like, talking about burlesque historically, um, back in the day, a lot of burlesque performers, even the huge headliners, they were doing it to make money because they it was having a hard time making ends meet. So yeah. it really was just... It was, like, the equivalent of, like, a stripper going to a yeah. strip club. And granted, it's more production, but... Right. Um, but they would perform until they met their husband, and then they'd quit mm-hmm. to have children, have a family... So that was, like, always the trajectory. It wasn't like... there. They, I mean, there were a couple that, you know, performed for as long as they could and didn't go that route. But, yeah, most performers back in the day, they just... They were waiting for their husband, and then once they got their husband, they would leave yeah. show business. It, you know, I think... Yeah, it's true of, um, I think, the trajectory of a lot of women's careers. Like, even, you know, what could you... You could be teachers and secretaries. Mm-hmm. If you... Were, if you found the right husband he could afford everything and so then you would become a mom and yeah home, you know um so of course that makes sense with performers too and I think like if you study like old Hollywood too it used to be like that like yeah like, actresses their time on screen was so minimal because back then it was like you're 25 and old yeah <laughs> you can't put on screen anymore so you're lucky to get any job so you have to settle down with your husband and he can still act and perform or direct you know yeah that's just wild. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's interesting to talk about this stuff, especially with so many um, different types of people, because certainly not everyone that I've talked to is a performer, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Because, number one, people are more comfortable sharing and talking about their experiences publicly, but also because if you want to keep doing the thing that you're working at and you're crafting you just don't have the time to extend having children. So it's kind of a natural choice in some ways, unless Mm -hmm. you, because I think like a lot of the female standups that I've talked to, I think what they wrestle with if they um, are still undecided is because they know in a certain sense that they would probably have to give it up unless they found someone who could support them and the child. Yeah. Because it's true. You can't do it without having that support at home too, you know, or the funds to be able to make it happen. Everybody always cites um, Ali Wong, mm-hmm. which is great, but these people are rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she didn't become a stand-up mom first, you know, she was already established, and then, you know, and that's great, and hopefully it will pave the way for future performers, and it is important to see pregnant women doing things creatively, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not downplaying that at all. It's just not the reality that we can all live in yet. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe someday the balance of, well, this is actually a question. Do any burlesque performers that you know of or you come into contact with performed pregnant? Yes. Um, So, yeah, there have been several performers who have performed pregnant. But there's, so like I exist in a couple of worlds. I exist in the burlesque scene um, 
and but also like where I make most of my money is corporate private mm-hmm. corporate gigs which sadly the reality is like body image is yeah. a thing whereas like if you perform in a public burlesque show usually most times I'd like to hope the producers are a lot more inclusive yeah. body types and stuff like that but um yeah you, you there was one performer I actually booked it and she's not a burlesque performer and this actually wasn't even a burlesque gig it was just a dance gig and she didn't tell me that she was five months pregnant. Oh, wow. And so when she showed up to the gig, I started freaking out. Not on her, but, like, internally, I was freaking out. So I was like, oh, God, the client is going to freak out. Yeah. And she was still able to dance. It ended up being fine. Because um, it was, like, a 20s gig, so she wore, like, a sacky dress. And yeah. it was fine. But I was like, oh, God, the client's going to freak out because yeah. she's not some tiny little thing. Um, but so, yeah, that's that's a reality. But, yeah, there have been some performers who have performed pregnant um, there was also this performer, Little Brooklyn, who did this whole performance of the New York Blessed Festival that was just about her being pregnant. Oh, and it was cool. this whole thing that was really amazing. So, yeah, that's happened to her performers. Like, all right, I'm just going to create this act about my belly yeah. being pregnant. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happening on all levels, but it is, you know, the majority kind of have to forgo that choice, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't always exist in all the worlds. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, too, you have started doing sword swallowing, right? Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, so, honestly, one of the agencies that I get work from, she had said to me, you know, she all her sword swallowers that she used to book moved. And she books, like, very high glam style mm-hmm. stuff. And um, so she told me, and I don't even know how serious she was about it, but she said, you know, if you start doing sword swallowing, I have a lot of work for you. So I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I always liked the idea of sideshow and doing it high glam because I like mm-hmm. that idea of doing something disgusting but being in, like, yeah. a ball gown with fur and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I just – I finally one day I was like, all right, I'm, just, I'm really going to learn this. And um, there's this – sideshow legend Todd Robbins who lives here who he was kind enough to teach me and it took me a year wow a year of gagging myself and dry it's heaving real, right? it's real yeah, it is real and that's the thing that's funny is everyone wants to find out what the trick is or if it's collapsable um like people grab my sword after gigs which is disgusting because it was just like down my throat and my phlegm's all over it's it it's not super sharp though no they're dull because yeah. if it was sharp you would actually be like tearing up your insides yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very much real. Well, my favorite was your post where you were with some friends. I think it was this summer on a road trip. Oh yeah. (laughs) Were you at Hershey Park? Yeah. And you were in a pool and you're in this like really beautiful, like two piece bathing suit and you're swallowing the sword. And then the next post was that kids got scared and started crying or something. Yeah. Well, so... I was doing this thing, a sword swinging across America, because over the summer I traveled all over the place, so I thought it'd be really funny to just, like, have videos of me sword swallowing in front of, like, these landmarks, like Lucy the Elephant, or, like, yeah, yeah in, in this beautiful sunset pool in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, and so I did it, my friend filmed it, and then that was that, and there was really no reaction. And then we're sitting down, and one of our friends was over getting a drink at the bar, and she walked over, and she goes, so security just asked if you swallowed a sword because apparently parents were complaining that the children were scared and so she would lied and so like oh no no it was just like a funny video it's all fake like she didn't actually do anything and 
Yeah, parents will complain about anything. Yeah. And then there was actually a family next to us, and the dad was like, whatever, fuck that, we thought was really cool. Yeah. And then... I ended up doing a little show for all these kids yeah. because the kids were super into it. So it was like yeah. these, I think it was like maybe three or four families. They were like on this big family vacation. Yeah. And yeah, I would assume that some kids would just love it. And yeah. And be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably more the parents that were yeah. freaked out about it. The kids were super into it. My niece, my four-year-old niece is obsessed with it. Yeah. When she saw me do it for the first time, she would do it again. Yeah. <laughs> And my sister caught her in my suitcase because I brought my sword home for a gig in Massachusetts and she caught her in my suitcase just playing with it and going, you lick it and then you put it down your throat. Or she goes, lick, 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 lick. <laughs> so I'm buying her a plush sword for oh Christmas. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because well, she's apparently talked about it. She's like, yeah. you know, mom, you know how you do sword swallowing. You have to lick it and then you put it down your yeah. throat. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh, well maybe she'll... Uh... Uh, take up the sword when yeah. she's old enough and follow in your footsteps. Yeah, she could be the world's youngest sword swallower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. All right, well, we should probably wrap it up because we okay. have Damien's birthday party to get to. Yes, which is very important. Very important. Another use of good quality use of our work time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being on the pod and sharing so openly. Thank you. Um, is there anything that you want to promo um, or let people know about that's upcoming? Um, well, so you can find me online, ginminsky.com, gin like the liquor. Um, we'll have links too on our website for all, right. all of your stuff as well. Yeah, find me online on social media. Um, all my gigs coming up are out of the country, so that's not very helpful. But we have international listeners. Well, I'll be performing in Helsinki next weekend, December seventh and eighth. Um, it's going to be a really great burlesque show. Yeah, that's yeah. super awesome. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, and listeners, as always, thanks for tuning in. You can find us at Not the Mama Media on Instagram, and please, please, please. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple if you haven't had the chance to do so yet. I really appreciate it. Um, if it's nice, I do. <laughs> no, I've only, I really haven't gotten too many negative ones, but the negative ones, you know, just always stand up. Um, but anyway, I love to hear from you and interact. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.